edition of Smith & Jones right here on Sportsnet 590. The fan, Eric Smith, Paul Jones with you. Game day for the Toronto Raptors as Toronto gets set for the Phoenix Suns in town tonight. A double dip of Smith & Jones as you've got us this morning. And we're back again this evening to bring you that action between the Raptors and Suns and Jonesy. With no disrespect intended at all to the Raptors, this is not disrespectful. They are playing outstanding basketball. They have won six in a row. They look fantastic. They are climbing the ranks in the East. But even even though they saw the Bucks a week ago, and I know Giannis didn't play, but still a heck of a team, the Bucks, the defending champs, this to me is the stiffest test, test the Raptors have had, not just of late, I would argue all season. Uh, with the Phoenix Suns coming to town, they have been running rough shot through the Western Conference, through the NBA this season. It's kind of been a one-two punch of the Warriors and Suns, and I am really looking forward to seeing Phoenix in town tonight and seeing what the Raptors can do against one of the top teams in the entire association. Yeah, uh, Eric, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a litmus test. It is, it is a measuring stick. Um, uh, it would be nice to be, uh, you know, playing well and, and, and as the Raptors are and, and have a good indication of where you are. Um, and it, it, that's, that's what happens when you play the better teams. You, you get an idea of where you are, what you need, uh, what you need to improve on, what you're doing well. Uh, so this will be a this will be a good a good test for Toronto. It's just it's only too bad there wasn't a full house to help them with some energy. But um, you know that may even make it better that uh, you know that kind of it uh, that kind of extra boost is eliminated. It's all you. Uh, and and let's see let's see what they have tonight. I'm really really looking forward to the game. It's the one time that the Suns come to town this year. Yeah. Well, the 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 only time that the Suns come to town, except except Jonesy. When they come for the back finals. for the championship. Yeah, for the finals. <laughs> yes, the finals. As we always, as our running joke always was when the Raptors were 22 and 60, when we left a visiting arena in San Antonio or Phoenix or Los Angeles or where else might they have had the championship in the West in those years? Uh, it wasn't Golden State in those years. Um, but some of those places, yeah. Uh, San Antonio, Los Angeles, yeah. right? It was, yeah. Those were yeah. the two main. Oh, we'll see you in the finals. Yeah. And, the, and, and the the engineer would look at us like we had were from another planet. Just just joking, just kidding. <laughs> so it's the Suns tonight against the Raptors again. We've got the action for you starting at seven o'clock with the pregame show. Seven thirty, uh, the tip off. And I want to go back to yesterday before we look at some of the other games around the association. Let's look at things from a Raptor-specific standpoint. I'm not going to take credit for this by any means uh, because, to me, it was a no-brainer. You thought it. Most of the audience thought it. Uh, I just happened to tweet out yesterday, I think just as we were starting the show or maybe a little bit before the show, I said, so Fred Van Vliet's going to win Player of the Week honors today, right? And turns out he won Player of the Week honors. Now, the one guy that was right there neck and neck that could have easily won the award, Joel Embiid had a monster week, monster week for the 76ers, and it continued last night as well as he put up 31-8-6 in a victory over the Houston Rockets. But Embiid didn't win it. Fred Van Vliet did. And Jonesy, I'm not just going to say, what do you think about Fred winning the award? How much do you think this award might help considering when it happens to perhaps open up the eyes of either fan voting, media voting, because I don't think the coaches need a player of the week honor to go, yeah, Fred Van Fleet's pretty good. They know what this dude's all about. They know what kind of player he is. But might he open some eyes around the league from others that weren't taking notice 
of what he was doing and what the Raptors are doing. Well, sadly, I say in, uh, with some of our colleagues in the U.S., yes, on the media side, fans know it's just a popularity contest, uh, a, a marketing contest. You know, for the for there are some fans that take it very seriously, and they, you know, they they choose their team uh, by what kind of year a guy is having. But you know, I've 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 stood beside people uh, voting in Toronto, and you know, they vote for. Uh, uh, Pascal, um, uh, OG. I'm trying to think of, of. I was standing beside a guy. He voted for Trent Pascal, Barnes, OG, Trent, uh, uh, Fred, and Kevin Durant. That was his right. five. You know, okay. like I, I get it. I get it. You're a Toronto fan. You vote for those guys. Uh, it, it doesn't. I, that that to me kind of speaks to the fans and the popularity. I don't think, and I, I don't mean to be, um, uh, I'm, I'm looking for a word here. I, I don't mean to, as the kids would say, throw shade at our colleagues in the U.S., but I, I don't see them sitting down and watching the Raptors every night. You know, when our team, the team that we cover, um, wasn't great, you knew that they weren't great, and you watched all the other teams that were better. And to see what they had and, and their players and stuff like that. I mean, I do that anyway. I, that's why I don't sleep. Like, you're up till 1 a.m. watching the West Coast games. And it doesn't matter if it's Sacramento against Portland. Two teams that have a worse record. I want to see what they're doing. I want to see how guys are playing. I will, you know, did they find a guy uh, in, in the G League? Did, did they have a guy in a 10-day who's come up because of protocols that's that's – that's killing it. I, I, that's, that's me. I'm a basketball junkie. I'm sorry. I'm going to do that. So I think I try to keep myself informed and aware. I don't think all of our colleagues in the U.S. do that. They don't sit down and watch a Raptor game, uh, you know, the entire second half of the game against uh, San Antonio. They, they don't, I don't, I just, I don't think they do that. They may see the highlights. They may look at the box score. They may make some assumptions on that, but I don't see them sitting there. And like I, I know for me, with uh, and this is kind of a dream come true because when I first started as a basketball fan, there was one game a week, and the finals were on tape delay, and we listened to a lot of radio. And you you would be, uh, you know, you'd be happy as a kid in a candy store when you got. Uh, the New York Times or the New York Daily News and one of my cousins came up from the States and brought the paper and it was two days old and it had all this basketball coverage in it that we didn't get up here and you'd comb over it. So there are nights when I have to make a decision. All right, there's like three really good games on that I want to watch from the West Coast. Okay, I'm going to concentrate on these two, kind of flip back and forth between these two and not just indiscriminately flip, like watch a segment. Watch it from the start of the quarter till the under six timeout, and look at tendencies: how they're playing the pick and roll, what what plays they run, who's on the floor, what combinations. Uh, thank goodness for PVR. Back it up. Oh man, what play was that? Hey, and I'll text a coach. Hey, what's that play called when you know the Nets do the, or the Blazers do this or the the Lakers do this or what? Oh, that's two chess. That okay? That's fine. That's how I watch the games. I just don't think all our media colleagues, particularly in the U.S., when it comes to Toronto, watch with that much depth. So, yeah, it might spark it for them to say, oh, 
Fred Van Vliet, eh? Okay, let me let me keep an eye. Wow, look at those numbers, and it, it might help him. It's uh, it's a great point, Jonesy. It's a great point, no doubt about it. Uh, again, Fred Van Vliet winning the Player of the Week honors yesterday, first time in his career, and uh, hopefully can keep the uh, the winning ways going and uh, the the streak going. I mean, the numbers that he's been putting up of late have been absolutely off the charts. Uh, incredible run that he has been on uh, over the course of beyond just the last week, but in the last week, averaging 30.3 with six and a half assists. 4.8 rebounds, of course, the 4-0 record for the Raptors as they have won six in a row. And maybe one of the biggest tests for him tonight, not just in terms of the team, but individual. Uh, and I say that respectfully to other guys that he has faced. The Raptors, ha- I-, I would argue, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Jonesy, again, yes, Drew Holiday and others. I'm not trying to disrespect anybody else. But when we talk about the best of the best and the elite, uh, a battle against Chris Paul, this is it's going to be fun tonight. It's why, and I, I I I hate to bring it up again, as it's kind of salt in the wounds. But my man Lance Kennedy was was circling this one on the calendar. I know he's got somebody special in his life that uh, loves the Suns as well, and he wanted to share that moment and take in the Raptors and Suns tonight. And unfortunately, not able to do so. But it's part of the reason why Lanzo and why so many people wanted to be there for this game, because uh, this is one that quickly has risen the ranks of w- opponents that are coming to town, games that you want to watch uh, for years. Many people weren't circling the Phoenix Suns, but they sure as heck are now with Chris Paul and Devin Booker and with the way the Suns have been playing. They've become one of those teams where they were one of the marquee games on the schedule. And that's the tough thing, too, Jonesy, with the schedule right now is as much as the fans would love to be there in the building for a game against, you know, the, uh, you know, the Knicks or the Pistons or the, the whomever, the Kings, it's those big games, those big moments where the big opponents are coming. And, yeah, you're still coming to see the Raptors and cheer on the Raptors. But, hey, you want to see the stars as well. And uh, I got it's it's tough on the fans right now. And, listen, tough on MLSE and the ticketing folks right now trying to deal with the nightmare that is season seat holders and regular season seats and, 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 and you know, tickets on sale to the public and just the, the lost wages. Uh, ticket takers and 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 concession stands and security staff and everything. It's it's um, it continues to sort of wreak havoc and rob people of moments as fans of the game. It's tough. Um, it's what's even tougher is watching, you know, the national championship college football game last night in front of a, a packed stadium uh, and not everybody wearing masks. And you know, we're we're I think we're taking it a, a much more seriously up here. Uh, in Ontario and in Canada than they are south of the border. Uh, and you're right. It's, I mean, th- it, this would be a huge night at the arena, a huge night. One trip for the West leading Suns. Um, you know, I think back, Eric, didn't we have half capacity the night Golden State came to town? Mm-hmm. So you, you've had your two best teams in the West come. And... Half the building has seen both of those games. And let's hope by the time LeBron and the Lakers come, we're kind of back to something that resembles normal. But, you know, there's, there's, a, lot of, there's a lot of games in between um, that, you know, Utah's been here. Nobody in the stands. Uh, you know, Denver's still due in here. Uh, the Clippers have been in, nobody in the stands. Portland comes in, what, in a week or so? Who knows who will be here, uh, what, what the status will be. The Spurs have been here, nobody in the stands. Like, it's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's crazy. And like you said, the, 
concessions people, ticket takers, parking attendants, all those people are losing out as well. So it's really, really difficult. Um, well, I mean, except for the lot, except for the lot that I park at, <laughs> as I told you, that jacked up the prices from twenty bucks or twenty-five bucks to like forty, forty-two, un- unbeknownst to me. So <laughs> that parking lot is obviously trying to make up for uh, the 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 lack of cars in the lot. Which again, I don't begrudge. They got to make their money somehow, I suppose. But I got to find myself a new lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's having an impact on everybody. And 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 the one game you didn't mention, which I'm sure you would have if you kept going through the schedule, we're what three weeks roughly away from Kyle Lowry uh, and the Miami Heat coming to town. And that's it's actually three weeks today, February 1st. That Miami game it was bumped up two days from February 3rd to February 1st. And um, you know, is is. Is there going to be a fan in the stand? Will we be at 25% capacity? Because here's the thing, Jonesy, and I don't want to get too political. This is a sports station. We're a sports show. We're going to focus on that. But let me just say, because it does tie to sports somehow, I'm sure there will be some, and I'm not necessarily saying I'm even one of those, but I'm. it's my job to at least bring up the point and bring up the topic. If what we heard last night ends up being true, and this government has shown that they seem to flip and flop and change their mind nine times before an, uh, a decision is officially official. But we heard last night kids are going back to school, in-person learning in Ontario starting next Monday. Yet the numbers are still pretty high, and I don't think we've hit the peak of Omicron. And, you know, people are still getting vaccine boosted and things. There are, there are some positive signs, but we're still in the throes of this. And to the point that we're in the throes of this, there are no fans in the stands. There's nobody allowed inside a restaurant. Gyms are shut down. Businesses are suffering. Some businesses, many businesses, have boarded up. Most people that are able to are working from home, not going into the office. But we're sending all the kids back to school. And listen, I'm all for kids being in school and not being stuck online and the importance of that, the social component, the mental health component of all that. So trust me, I'm not, I'm not raging against in-person learning. I just think it sets up the precedent or the jumping-off point for small businesses, the mom-and-pop shopper in the corner, or even big businesses like MLSC saying, okay, hold on a second. If we can do in-person learning and we can pack 500 or 1,000 or more kids into a school and we can have those same kids take their masks off and eat a foot away from each other at lunch, how come I can't have fans in the stands at my game? How come I can't have people in my restaurant to eat? How come I can't have more people in my store to buy goods? How come I can't have my employees back in the office? How come I can't have my gym open and have people working out? It's 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 going to set that up, right? Am I am I wrong for assuming or no, thinking you're that? You're right. You're right, Eric. And here's the other thing that, you know, we always talk about mental health. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking about kids and some of the kids that I know and some of the people that uh, I know that work in schools. There's the other side to the mental health, too. Here we are, I've been talking about how, how potentially, you know, deadly, literally, COVID is and what it has done. And the anxiety has built. Uh, I mean, people like us, we can laugh at ourselves. We were, all the stuff that people are doing now to avoid COVID, we were doing to, we, you and I have been doing for, for 15 years to, avi- to avoid a cold when you go into a hotel room in, in, in Milwaukee or Oklahoma City. Open the windows, use sanitizer, uh, take hand wipes and wipe down the doorknobs and the, and the faucet handles and the TV clicker and, and uh, you know, 
uh, call down and get fresh towels and, you know, new pillowcases. Like, like everybody's doing that now. It's like, well, good to know that I've been avoiding germs by doing that for the last, you know, 10, 15 years on the road. So we talk about how potentially, uh, you know, life-changing and maybe deadly this is. And yet we send the kids back to school unvaccinated, unmasked. What about those kids that have the anxiety of getting it and don't want to get it? And people like, well, I, I would kind of maybe throw you and I into that. Um, like, I, I'm sketchy around people now. I'm, I'm, I'm wearing my mask all the time. When people get close to my personal space, I back up. And, and so there's an anxiety and a mental health component there. Yet you're going to send me into school with sit in a classroom with 30 other kids without 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 masks on or okay we wear a mask but some are unvaccinated and we're going to be in the same room for three or four hours some people coughing sneezing sniffling whatever there's the other part that's the other side of the mental health too I sure they need to be in for socialization that part but there are others that are anxious probably just as many that are anxious and don't want to be around it that would rather stay out. So I, I, I don't know, it's, it, there's no easy solution to it. Um, I guess we just have to do a, continue to do our best to, to learn to live with it. Yeah, and, and, and the only thing I could hear as you're saying that is the people saying, well, you know, just stay home then. You know, don't, you, you have the option to do at-home learning or you have the option to not go, but why should other people be deprived of opportunities or, or be deprived of in-person learning, be deprived of going to a game or whatever if they've done all the right things to try and keep themselves safe? And, and if you're saying one thing is safe but something else isn't safe, two and two doesn't equal four there. That's, that's been my issue, and that's my, I guess, if you want to call it my political statement for the day, that's just where I get confused. I'm not against in-person learning. I'm not against continuing with safe measures. I kind of like to think that I see both sides, and that's not even me trying to play the political game of sitting on the fence. I see all sides. I just think right now, as of 10.21 a.m. on January 11th, I think that we're still not totally out of the woods or out of the worst of it. And, uh, you know, people will argue, well, it's it's not going to be over ever. That's fine. But you know what? A few months ago, I think we were all at a fairly comfortable spot in terms of vaccination rate and where the virus stood and where sports stood and where businesses stood and, and where life seemed to be getting a little bit more normal. And then a new variant came. And I think right now we're not at that point where we're kind of uh, clearing the woods. And I'm surprised at the decision uh, regarding the schools. I thought it might be another couple of weeks. I thought it might be family day weekend. I thought it might have been a month of at-home learning, which would hopefully allow more people to get vaxxed more masks to get out, you know, in terms of proper N95, whatever, all that stuff. But then, Jonesy, as I'm tying this to sports, again, I don't want to turn this into a political thing in terms of, you know, somebody tuning in right now. Hold on a second. I thought this was a sports station. I think the sports angle is it's now setting precedent, not just for the pros, too, for all the youth leagues out there that are saying, hey, then can we get back to playing? And, 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 and Raptors 905 playing in an empty building. Hey, can we start selling some tickets again then? And like I said, the businesses that are out there that are, you know, sports shops that are selling jerseys to the restaurants that are sports bars that want to have fans in their building to, to eat dinner and to watch the game. All right, well, hey, if the kids are back, can we open up the doors now? Because, like, why, why are we splitting hairs here? What are we doing? So, I don't know. I, I, it's going to be interesting to see how things well, unfold this week <laughs> and the impact it has on society in general and businesses in general. Well, uh, the other part of that, too, is, um, you know, I, I got athletes in the OUA, 
that are not considered elite yet. I look at some of the other leagues that they consider okay and they can have continue on with their competitions yet. Uh, I'll take a kid who plays in, in the OHL. Uh, that's considered elite and they can keep playing. Yet that kid goes to the University of Toronto or or the University of Windsor or the University of Ottawa the next year out of the O and that team is paying for his university and he was elite last year, but he goes to another level uh, yep. where there's a higher education involved and that's not elite. They can't play. Like, I, I, like, I don't get it. Like, to you, I, I, I don't... I don't understand the inconsistencies in, in, in the judgment and, and saying, oh, that's okay, but that isn't. Well, hang on a second. You need, you need to re-examine that. So I, I, uh, I, it's, it's confusing. Um, you know, there's a whole bunch of kids I know in various OUA sports, um, basketball, volleyball, hockey, I, I just like everything, you know, they can't play. They, they, they can't play because, and here they are kind of being strung along. They, they train and they, things shut down and then they open up again and they can keep training and practicing, but then there's going to be no games or they're pushed back or they might not have them at all. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand the thinking. That's all. I got to tell you a quick story that, that probably has nothing. Well, it's, it's, it's sporting in the sense that we were playing. Jonesy, you, you, you know my kid and my wife, um, and this just speaks to everything that's going on. So, so folks, hopefully you just enjoy the, the, the fun of the story because it's not really sports. It's not really politics. It's just life, and we're all going through this, right? I didn't even tell you this yesterday. I don't think I told you this even on our, on our chats because Jonesy and I talk frequently um, through WhatsApp or whatever, let alone hopping on the phone. So on the weekend, um, tensions were rising in the Smith household. And I Uh-oh. think tensions are rising in everybody's household of late, right? Like one thing sets off your wife, your, your husband, your significant other, your kid, your, like whatever. Like tensions were rising and it, you could feel it bubbling. And I, I lost my you. cool on Saturday. Like I lost I my cool. And, uh, and, and my, my, my son and I were button heads. <laughs> my wife says, you know what? Everybody upstairs. I'm like, What? She's like everybody upstairs right now. I'm like, uh, okay, and like I'm I'm looking at her like, what the hell's going on? She brings us upstairs, my my kid and I. So there's three of us in the house, and walks into the our, our bedroom, the the um, the main bedroom, and she hands us each a pillow, and she's like, let's go, nothing above the shoulders, game on, and just full on pillow fight. I don't think I've had a pillow fight in 25 years. And I don't think I've ever had a pillow fight with my wife or my kid, but we just started beating the heck out of each other, just trying to get the frustration out. But, but, the pillow fight lasted about 90 seconds when my wife broke her own rule when she said nothing above the shoulders. And she cocked back with the pillow above her head and went to sweep down and smash my kid on the back and instead hit the ceiling fan. Which knocked the glass globe off the light fixture on the ceiling fan, which then flew off and hit the floor and smashed into about a thousand pieces all over our bedroom floor. Glass everywhere, ceiling fan busted, and all I could do in the moment was just laugh. I, like I wasn't even pissed off anymore because it, it worked. It worked. The pillow fight worked in terms of getting everybody to just lighten up a little bit and uh, and clear their minds. But now I have to 
Well, I sure as heck won't do it because I don't know how to do anything electrical, let alone I could barely hang a picture straight. But now I've got a busted ceiling fan that needs to be replaced. I've got to spend the money on a new ceiling fan. And I've got to walk through my bedroom now hoping and assuming that I got every little shard of glass that shattered in a million pieces. That's just life right now. That's yeah. To me, it was a perfect, like, perfect example of just life. In that moment right there, the pillow fight gone wrong. I, I hear you. T- tensions rising everywhere. I, 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 I can corroborate and punctuate that statement. Uh, we, we've got to go to break soon, but um, that's a good way to put it, E. Tensions rising. Yep. Hopefully just cooler find heads a way. will prevail. Yep. <laughs> yep. Find a way to be that cooler head if you can, even if it entails smashing your ceiling fan and having to replace it. Find a way to get that release, to get it out, and maybe listening to us, or watching the Raptors, or listening to the Raptors, or whatever it may be, uh, helps you get through it. Anyways, I digress. When we continue, less tension with our man Mark Spears. And later on in the show, speaking of the Raptors and Suns tonight, uh, one of the all-time greats in terms of people, let alone as players, but he was such a good dude when he was with the Raptors and continues to be a great man to this day. And I love the fact that he's getting a fresh start, and he's already been signed for the remainder of the season. Bismack Biombo of the Suns is scheduled to join us as well. Lots to come on Smith and Jones. Back on Smith and Jones. Eric Smith, Paul Jones with you. Uh, we were talking earlier about great players and just good people in general. Well, here is one of the all-time great dudes as well. We love chatting with our friend from the undefeated senior NBA writer, Mark Spears. Spearsy, thanks for your time as always. Man, the Raptors, huh? Hey, hey break hey. up the Raptors, man. Hey, momentum, man. You know you know how it is. Keep, keep it rolling. Feed the fire. And, and Mark, Eric and I... Um, and, and you don't really sit in this category, so maybe it's unfair to ask you, but Eric and I uh, know that all-star voting is basically fan popularity voting. Uh, you know, like Kyrie's played two games, and he's, I don't know, he's top ten in the East uh, ahead of guys that have been playing. Fred's Player of the Week honor uh, yesterday, bestowed upon him yesterday. Is that going to open the eyes of some of our colleagues in the U.S. that – like, I know you will sit and watch a Raptor game from, from wire to wire or an entire second half. Or if you've got a couple of games on the go, you'll watch a quarter and then flip it over somewhere. Like, you watch the games. Unfortunately, I don't think yeah. some of our, our colleagues in the U.S., they, 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 they don't watch. Like, and, and Eric and I saw this when the Raptors were in the finals. Some of the questions that people were asking, I'm like, dude, like, bro, you, you haven't been watching all year? Like you're you're just you're jumping in at the end of the movie and asking what happened at the yeah. start. Yeah. Well, well, hey, hey, you know it's early in the morning. You shouldn't stress this hard. <laughs> you know. It, 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 what, what, what's my coffee there? Uh, the, the, the hockey. Tim Hortons. Name? Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons. Yeah, man. Go get us some some Tim Hortons, man, and then send send me some too. You know, on un, on please. I got a case of five alive for you next time I see you. Don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah, I need that too, and 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 some two <laughs> sisters one. But um, here's the thing. No, and this is all due respect to Fred. I'd love to be voted in as a starter. Uh, I mean, he's not because it's 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 a popularity contest, and there's only two spots. 
Did we lose Mark there, Jonesy? I think so. I think so. I was waiting. All right. We, I, we'll, we'll, we'll get Spearsy back into the mix here in, in a second. Uh, oh, Spearsy's back. I, I, we, we lost you for a second there. I no, mean, it might have been, might have been Starbucks. Yeah, oh, it might have been Starbucks on the line or something. They didn't like the shout-out to no, Tim Hortons there, Spearsy. <laughs> no, we don't, let, we don't let them in. Um, Good. You no, know, my point is, like, it, it's not anything you should worry about because he's not going to be a top to pick he's not gonna get voted in as a starter. No. And no. that's not saying he's not worthy, but it's I think it's unrealistic from a popularity standpoint to worry about that. But the bigger thing is are the coaches who are voting for the reserves educated enough on what Fred is doing? And Fred is killing. He he's he's been absolutely insane and they will be. So I think the thing is like don't worry about that. He ain't gonna get voted in as a starter anyway. What you got to worry about is, is his resume strong enough for the coaches, not the popularity contest, not the fans, to, to vote him in as a reserve. And as it looks right now, the way the team is playing, which certainly plays a big role in that, I, I expect Fred to be there in Cleveland. I, 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 don't, I don't disagree with you, Mark. And, you know, it's interesting as well. Um, we were talking about this on, I can't remember, Jones, yesterday's show, I believe, or, or even last week. But, Mark... I don't imagine the Raptors, even as they climb the, the, the standings, I don't imagine they're going to have two guys there. But Pascal Siakam has no, also no, been playing no. out of his mind. And, and, and I'm acknowledging yeah. that. I'm acknowledging that. I'm not, I'm not here to blow yeah, the trumpet yeah. for that. But Siakam's numbers have been right in line with where they yeah. were during his all-star campaign. And he's quickly showing his importance to this team almost right in line with Freddie in terms of the one-two punch that the Raptors envisioned. We're starting to see it more and more with the way that those two have been playing together. Yeah, no, he, he's averaged 23 points for this month, nearly 10 rebounds and six assists. Um, and he, he, you know, um, actually that's for his, uh, yeah, yeah, for January. Um, waiting for this. You know, he's had a, a tough stretch. He's a bubble or or last season, and and I think there was some skepticism, like, okay, was he just uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard, like uh, somebody that helped him look greater than he was, right? Um, maybe he can't live up to the big moments by himself. It's too much pressure for him. Because this isn't a guy who, like, had to deal with any pressure until Kawhi left um, in, in terms of it, him being the fates or – the franchise being on his back. And now, it, it not, I mean, I always knew Pascal's game was there. I just wondered if it was there mentally, right, or whether he got himself prepared in the way that he needed to be, you know, prepared to play on this level, uh, on an elite level. And now we see it. So you got him, you got Fred, you got the superstar rookie, all those things are starting to come together to make this team a, a very, very, very scary team to play and um, who appears capable of, you know, maybe in, by the end of the season of beating anybody. Well, they're certainly, um, they're certainly playing well now, Mark, that they have everybody back in the lineup. Um, and it just makes a difference. I mean, the way the NBA is going now. The- oh, a huge difference. The, the 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 COVID protocols are, you know, they're they're a de facto injury. A guy can be scratched, 
like you know the day of the game, a few hours before a game. So it's 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 really a sliding scale. And, and I know I read your piece, Mark, a really nice piece on. Hey, can Clay- I can I give Canada a shout out real quick? All right, yeah. Thank you for taking this this uh, COVID seriously. Oh boy, here we like, go. Here we go. I'm, I'm I'm like watching games and it, it like sickens me to like watch games and I watched the college football championship last night and no masks, like none. Like they act like because they walk into a stadium, like it, it goes away. And I'm sure a whole bunch of people got sick. Yeah, that was an amazing spreader event yesterday at the football game. And well, Mark, so Mark, that's something we've been talking about. Tor- that's something we've been yeah, talking you about. See Toronto saying, like, you know what? No, we're we're not going to have fans right now. Uh, you know, usually my city, the you know Bay Area, San Francisco, we're the ones that start that, right? And even you guys are ahead of the game. Um, I. I was at the Warriors game last last um, when Clay came back. Uh, I watched Clay. I watched Clay hit a three pointer, and I went back downstairs into the media room. I just don't really feel comfortable being around that many people right now. Yeah, no, Mark. That's what Eric and I have been talking about. Uh, are, is is Canada taking it? Uh, Overboard, or it's like there's no man, kudos there's no middle Canada, ground. Man. There's there's no middle ground. <laughs> like, I'd rather be safe. Toronto for yeah. I, I'd, and, I'd and rather uh, be safe. The Raptors fans, man, Maple Leafs fans, they, they certainly missed a lot, right? Like your team wins a championship and they're barely there the next year. Um, you know, you, you, you don't get to go to the games of late. And they've sacrificed a lot, but hopefully they understand the greater good of what's going on. Um, I'd rather be alive and watching games in the future than being dead or causing somebody else to get sick because I got to go to a game. Um, listen, man, I, I echo that sentiment, that statement uh, wholeheartedly, Mark. <laughs> I mean, to wholeheartedly. be, be this morning, but... No, no, listen... <laughs> You're 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 preaching to the choir right now. At least the two of us, and I think uh, hopefully a large portion of our audience as well. So I'm in lockstep with what you're saying. Uh, Mark Spears, senior NBA writer for the Undefeated. We'll keep you a couple more minutes here, Mark. You touched on being there for Clay's uh, return. You saw a couple of moments. You went back down in the locker room, or sorry, into the media room. Uh, but you were, you know, in the locker room or in the press room talking afterwards. Uh, you've been covering this team, this 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 game a long time, Mark. The story of Clay's return, 941 days. I mean, there have been comebacks in the NBA, but this has got to be right up there in terms of what Clay's been through and in the moment in time in which he's doing this from the NBA Finals to the, to the, to the bubble to the last season to now finally getting there almost at the midway point of this season with the pandemic still raging, and here he is coming back. It's just fun as a fan to see, and on a human interest level, it's great to see him back. Yeah, no, I, I certainly think it was inspirational, and and I don't know who needed to see his story or hear his story, but you know, maybe as a cancer victim, maybe somebody that's sick, maybe somebody just feels down and out, so feel like they can't catch a break. But to see Clay overcome not just once but twice being knocked down, and to come play like he was never hurt at all was 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 truly inspiring and he he certainly 
also you can learn a lot from him too because it was when it was taken away from him there was a lot of pain there was a lot of tears there was a lot of anger why probably some wise me and he found other ways to get his mind off of things like Captain Clay is one of his nicknames now because he's always riding a boat in the Bay Area, man. And, you know, and that's something we didn't see until he got the injury. I don't know if he had the boat before or not. I don't think so. But, like, this dude, like, literally, like, drives his boat to the games, drives his boat to practice. his, His, like, love of life, doing life, even through the dark times, I, I think certainly um, is it, something that we all should take note of because every day ain't going to be, you know, uh, utopia, right? Um, and when you see how Clay handles things or has handled things, like it certainly wasn't easy, but um, he, he's certainly um, finding a way to smile even through so much pain. Mark, what does it do to for the Warriors? And, and man, we I know you have to go soon, but we, we could have a, a whole conversation here because I, I, I'm not even going to touch what I want to ask about the Raptors, the franchise, people not bringing players to Canada, uh, you know, as you said, half empty or empty arenas. That that's, We'll save that one for next week. But um, I, I, I'm thinking about Clay coming back. And how long till he gets back to the Clay Thompson that we know, one of the best two-way players in the game, and really enhances and and uh, you know kind of verifies the the Golden State Warriors as a championship contender this year? Based on what I saw Sunday, it looked like him. Um, I think the thing we got to pay closer attention to is like he ain't, he ain't gonna lose his shot, right? Showed you he was athletic because he that dunk I didn't even really see from him when he was playing before. <laughs> you know him dunking on people. Um, but what are his legs going to be like? Starts playing a bunch of games, right? Um, also, more notably, how is he going to be on the defensive end? And he has Job Morant tonight. He has Bain tonight. They got Milwaukee and Chicago coming up. So. He, he certainly has some big challenges coming his way um, uh, defensively. And to me, that is a true t- tell of whether he's back. We talk so much about him as a scorer, as a three-point shooter, but uh, just as, uh, as well, we should be talking about him as one of the greatest defenders in NBA history. And that, to me, is something to keep an eye on is will he be back to a defender that he was before because I mean, hey, you know, Mark Price was a great shooter who wasn't athletic at all, right? So the jumper doesn't go anywhere, but can he stop people? And I, I remember this, and I hate to bring this up, and he probably would hurt hurt him for me to say this, but I remember Alan Houston when he retired in, in the uh, training camp or in, in exhibition game after getting torched by Ray Allen, and he just couldn't move. Like he had just too many injuries and he couldn't move anymore, man. It was it was sad to see, and he's like, ah, that's it. <laughs> yes. I mean, Allen could still shoot it, but he couldn't guard anybody. Uh, that's just the case for Clay, but that's something to watch. 
Spearsy, we appreciate your time. As always, man, I know you're uh, tight on time, so we'll look forward to chatting with you again soon. All the best. Stay safe and healthy. Yeah, man. Happy New Year's, guys. Happy New Year, Mark. Happy New Year to you. There's Mark's. Send me my copy. All right. We got to put together the Tim Hortons package, Jonesy. We got to put together the Tim Hortons package for him. Throw in maybe some uh, some some uh, what's what else is Canadian? Ketchup chips. We got to throw in some ketchup chips. Smarties, right? Isn't that uh, I think I think Smarties just a Canadian thing. I know one uh, media relations director uh, for the NBA for an NBA team. Yep, I know exactly where you're going. NBA team. He comes to Toronto, and he brings an empty suitcase, like empty bag. To load up so we can go back with beer, ketchup. What else did you call out there, Eric? Um, Smarties. Smarties. And and uh, and uh, uh, the, the drink. Five alive. Five alive. A case of five alive. Like that, because those are. I, we need some kind of free trade, like because there are things that. I can only buy in like CVS, Walgreens, whatever. When we go to the states, can't find them in Canada. So we need some kind of free trade agreement here, uh, bringing stuff across the border. Although <laughs> I can't tell you the next time I'll be crossing the border. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Here's the other thing too, and I, I don't know. It's impossible to not talk politics with all the stuff that's going on. But it's, again, all of this ties to sports because it impacts whether teams, athletes, coaches, fans. Uh, fans wanting to watch games. I'm texting you yesterday about the uh, the Buffalo Bills schedule, and they didn't announce dates, but they announced opponents, and the Bills are going to host the Brownies this year. So, of course, we've got to do a Smith & Jones road trip as Jonesy's Brownies take on the Bills. Well, then a couple hours later, the CDC in the States puts, like, travel to Canada up at level four and advises Americans to not travel to Canada. Like, hold on a second. Has anybody looked at the numbers and realized that not just is COVID, as Mark Spears just talked about, raging even worse in the States than it is in Canada? I looked up the numbers. Cases per 100,000 people, it's worse in 44 of the 50 states than it is in Canada. Meanwhile, the CDC say, don't go to Canada. Which, by the way, who the hell's traveling to Canada in the middle of January anyways? It's minus 15 degrees without the wind chill today. But I digress. It, it's it's absolutely ridiculous the way that the U.S. is handling things versus the way we're handling things and the way that we're being viewed by them. Don't go to Canada, as Mark said. Meanwhile, last night there's 60,000, 70,000 people at a bowl game, 90% of them unmasked. Just nothing makes sense anymore. Nothing makes sense. So, yes, Jones, I agree. I don't know when we're going back. I hope that by the time the NFL season rolls around next year, we can go back because I got to do a, a road trip with my wife for the Packers. I got to do a road trip with you for the Brownies. I got a buddy that's a Bengals fan, so I got to drive to Cincy to see the Bills in Cincy and the Bills play the Lions next year. So I might be seeing like a quarter of the, the Bills schedule next year, and I'm hoping, as we bring this back to basketball, I'm hoping to see the full Raptor schedule in person next year and getting back to traveling and calling games in person and – and, and the home games and the jam building and everything else. I want all of that. I, I need all of that because it is so bizarre. I am so honored, thrilled, privileged to be able to call the games with you still, even in, in an empty arena. But, man, it is weird. 
I want the fans back. I miss the fans. I miss the atmosphere. I'm looking forward to calling the game tonight, but I want the fans back there, man. It is so weird to be doing this in an empty building. Well, two things. Um, we're going to do a recreation of, of uh, uh, the, the two Canadian icons, Bob and Doug McKenzie, because we'll both wear – I'll wear my Browns jersey. You can wear your Bills jersey. We'll get your wife to set it up the way you did for yourself and Jack last year in the garage. We'll wear toques, and we'll do like a, a takeoff, a spoof, like Bob and Doug McKenzie of Eric Smith and Paul Jones watching the Browns against the Bills. Because I am one – I am not going to Orchard Park uh, with COVID raging. And two, I, oh, hell no. I sure as what, what hell would not go wearing a Cleveland Browns jersey <laughs> to Orchard Park. Like that is, that is a death sentence right there. So we'll do it from the garage. And a uh, funny, funny story. Uh, we'll get it again tonight. Raptors Director of Security, John Attilia. Uh, as we were standing doing the game, because people people have asked us on Twitter, hey, Jonesy, Eric, we see you guys standing doing the game. Well, you project better. And there are places like Minnesota and uh, Portland. Portland might be my favorite. Uh, yep. We've had one in Golden State because we've been we had one at the Chase Center before uh, we got we got shut down. Uh, Utah is another place where our broadcast location is such that we can stand and people. People joke. They, they say we look like uh, the CBS or the Fox NFL football crew because we're standing there with our headsets, jackets off, sleeves rolled up, tie, tie pulled down, one button open. It's like we're calling a four-hour football game. And uh, it, it's just it's better to stand. But John Attilia is saying to us, you guys need to sit down. And I, I thought he was being serious. I looked at him like, what are you talking about? He goes, people behind you are saying they can't see. <laughs> So, oh, it gets more and more bizarre. But yet, folks, we'll be standing there. We're doing the game tonight. Yep, 7 o'clock, the pregame show. 7.30, the tip-off against the Phoenix Suns uh, as the Raptors look for a seventh win in a row with the uh, freshly minted player of the week in the Eastern Conference, Fred Van Vliet and the Raptors getting set for this tilt tonight. And then it's time to hit the road. The road is uh, coming for the Raptors. They've had a ton, a ton of home games over the course of the last few weeks, even uh, dating back to, to late 2021. But there are a bunch of road games coming. Uh, after tonight, the Raptors will hit the road for five straight Detroit, Milwaukee, Miami, Dallas, and Washington. Hopscotching all over the map before they come back home for two more and then close out the month with three more on the road in Chicago, Miami, and Atlanta. So, um, again, if I do the math correctly, one carry the two, including tonight. That's going to be, what, seven of their next uh, 10 on the road, including tonight's tilt against the Phoenix Suns. Folks, if you like Smith & Jones, well, you're listening to us right now. Of course you like Smith & Jones. But make sure you uh, share the wealth. Pass along the info. You can get Smith & Jones wherever you get your podcasts. Google, Spotify, Apple, or otherwise. Make sure you subscribe, download, rate, review. So then you can listen in anytime if you don't catch the entire show or if you happen to miss an episode a day from time to time. Catch up anytime when you're out for your walks or whatever it may be. Make sure you subscribe to Smith & Jones. We will continue with more in a moment. Back on Smith & Jones, Eric Smith, Paul Jones with you. Later on this hour, we're scheduled to be joined by Ramona Shelburne, senior NBA writer from ESPN. We'll 
dive into a lot of things out west, especially the Los Angeles Lakers. What did I say to you yesterday? They are always a topic. Every day there's something to discuss with the L.A. Lakers uh, as the Lakers sit at 21 and 27th in the west. And, oh, yeah, by the way, 7th in the east, the Toronto Raptors uh, getting set for the Phoenix Suns tonight, 7 o'clock pregame show right here on Sportsnet 5.9 of the fans, 7 o'clock pregame, 7.30 the tip-off, so a double dip of Smith and Jones. Uh, and then later on in the hour, even uh, more to come with Gary Myers, NFL journalist and a pro football Hall of Fame voter as well, as we will uh, dive into a lot of things with Gary about the National Football League and, and look ahead to the weekend of playoff games, etc. I'm I'm already... I'm already fired up and, and, and jacked up for the postseason action coming up on the weekend, Jonesy. I don't want to look past the, the Raptor game tonight and the Raptors and Pistons coming up on, on Friday as well, but I am so looking forward to Saturday night and the Bills and Patriots, but even before that, just the weekend of games, the wall-to-wall. Uh, I'll be putting up my feet on Sunday doing nothing but watching. I think it's one of those days where you order the pizza at lunch and you have to have willpower, but you eat. You know, like two, three, probably four is a no, little much. Two, three no. at lunch. Nah. Two, three at lunch. Oh, nah. Lance is saying multiple. So you get a lunch oh, pizza yeah. and a dinner pizza? Yeah, you okay. you crush it. Eric, I'm not, on, I'm not a big guy, man. I, like, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I can handle that. It's a playoffs, man. Step your game up. Come on. Lance, is, Lance has got it, man. That's that's a champion right there. You you order at like 1245, so you, you get it delivered for the 1 o'clock kickoff. And you crush it, and then you you kind of uh, make adjustments in the four o'clock games. Like you 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 kind of you know you, you kind of recoup, and you, maybe you go to the chips or the cheesies or whatever, and then come eight o'clock again, like for like at seven forty-five, you crank it up again for 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 the for the night games. I mean, that's Lance is like, come on, man, that's like. That's experience right there. That's the, the that's the, the I, I was going to say I don't like him, but I'll use his name. That's the Bill Belichick school right there, man. That's how it's done. All right. Well, I'll do it then. You've convinced me. It didn't take a lot of arm twisting there. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll and then listen, down. listen, you're not a big guy. What do you got for lunch on Monday? Well, there better not be leftovers the way you guys are talking. I'm supposed to, you know, fire it all back for lunch and then have another one fired back at dinner. No, no, no. See, we, don't the problem, though, we don't want you sick. We don't want you Hold on a second. I got, I got to go. I got to go to Lance for, for this one, or even Bafo, or, 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 and the audience can weigh in too. Because here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. You don't drink much, Jonesy. Now I know you might have like a Coke or something, or you might even, you know, go real plain, go water. So you're allowing yourself more, more square footage, more, more cubic space for that pizza. But most most people are going to have at least a beer or two or five or like some sort of beverage, and that takes up space. So you got to account for the the liquid consumption in addition to the pizza consumption. That's right? true. That, that's true. That's true. I mean, oh, Lance says pale ale. Hmm. Hmm. You know what I've actually done a few times now, and this just speaks to the COVID times. I've actually given up, and I shouldn't. When I say given up, and I don't mean I've like legit given it up. I've just. Um, uh, scaled back my beer intake, but I have absolutely ramped up my wine intake. So oh it would not be, it might sound real fancy and snooty, but it would not be uncommon for me to sit there in my sweats on Sunday, eating pizza, watching football, drinking wine. Like I'm telling you, a glass of red wine now, Jonesy, is like a glass of water to me. Wine goes with everything. Now. I don't even, it's not even about pairing anymore. What bottle is available 
And how fast can I open it? Yes, I will eat wine or drink wine with pizza, with with like a peanut butter sandwich if I want to, because wine right now is going with everything. That's 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 how I'm getting through. All right. It might not be a great public service announcement, but that's how I'm getting through right now. It's COVID time, so you're allowed. You're, we're 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 on all kinds of exceptions. So uh, I, I still want I still want the fan to give us the uh, give us the takeover of Instagram Live. So I can, I can get the video, the hidden camera video going of Eric Smith watching the Bills game. I, uh, that would be, I think that would be fascinating. That was, you know, that that would, that would go viral. That would go viral. Well, you're gonna get a bird's eye view on Saturday night because we're gonna be calling the action with the Bucks and the Raptors, uh, and then that game will probably end right. Won't it end roughly? Before halftime, maybe? Just, yeah, yeah, before halftime, yeah. Definitely yeah. in time for the second half. And I'm not driving home because I'm not going to miss the game. As much as I love my man John Murphy, who calls the Buffalo Bills games uh, on the radio, I think I want to stay. I don't want to get caught, like, not seeing any of the – like, unless – man, God forbid, I can't, imma- I can't imagine it happening. But unless the Bills are getting, like, blown out at halftime and, I, and, I, and there's no reason for me to watch because that would just be too painful, uh, I think I need what to stay. What if it's the Jonesy. other way? What if it's the oh, other way? 100% I'm staying then. And they're I'll blowing be out Belichick. And dancing all over the Rogers building, man. Empty building, I'll be skipping through the hallways. <laughs> like, be a ghost town. I can do what I want in that building. Nobody's going to be there. You and me. And, that's and, it. And you'll be, you'll be calling the TV director. Give me another shot of, of, of his face all, all frumpy. Give me another shot. Give me another shot. Yeah. That's like our man Absolutely. Lance. He was, he, I, don't, I don't know. He, he sounds like uh, he and Boffo, uh, our producer Mark Boffo, sounded like uh, you know, sounded like my my dad when he was, you know, he's a Dodger fan, and they ask him who his favorite team is. He says, I don't know, who's playing the Giants today? And that's what it sounded like last night when when Lance and Mark Boffo were, uh, they were, they took great joy and pleasure in watching Nick Saban leave the field without a national championship. Uh, you know, no soup for you. I could see them. They were, they were reveling in in, in Alabama's, uh, Alabama's loss. That was a terrible game, though, wasn't it? Until the fourth like, quarter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I guess. It, well, listen, I didn't see most of the fourth quarter because I watched the first two, and I was so bored. I texted you guys. I'm yep. shutting this off. I'm shutting it off because I figured, you know what? I have to keep up on the NBA. I've got to keep up on other sports, but what are the odds that we're going to spend a great deal of time talking about the national championship game? No, I don't think we're going to be doing it. And I knew we didn't have a guest on it, so I thought, you know what? I don't need to watch this, so I'm flicking channels and watching something else. So I, I, I missed a great deal of the fourth quarter and caught the highlights after the fact. But, you know, usually, and maybe it's a product, Jonesy, at least for you and I speaking selfishly for a second, we're often on the road when the uh, national championship game comes on. So you're stuck in your hotel room. There's nothing else to do anyways. You might as well watch the football game or we get together at a local sports bar or something and watch the game and turn it into a, a social outing for the broadcast crew or something. But if I'm at home and I got that red wine five feet away or I got that snack cupboard, I got other options to, to do things and watch other stuff, I was not tuned into that thing last night. It, it lost me. I was, I was very – I don't know if I'm in the minority here. I was very disinterested in – large portions of the college football season in general, but especially in the postseason. It just it didn't grab me. Maybe that's also a product of the fact that I've kind of been a Michigan guy since I was a kid, and I was expecting more out of Michigan, and they got their 
doors blown off a week or so ago. Um, but I just I didn't have the same interest as I have in the past in in bowl season and in the championship. I just it, I, I wasn't feeling it this year. Uh, and and, uh, and I'll say this: I haven't watched as much either. Um, uh, you know, I will track. You know, I know my brother does college football every weekend, so I'll I'll track where he is and watch some of those teams. And and you know, he's sometimes he's got you know he's got good games. You know, SEC games and and you know Pac-12 games and and I'll and I'll watch. But they, it does it hasn't grabbed me the way it has in the past. I just think for for me, uh, with COVID coming in and remember from what March, April, May, June, July like basically five months, half a year last year, we were shut down. And it just kind of changed the priorities um, uh, around sports. Not that I'm less passionate, but uh, there there isn't the same consistent vigor to find everything the way I used to. When it comes to the playoffs and stuff, that's different. But the regular season has kind of taken... Uh, maybe maybe because I'm getting older too. The regular season has kind of taken a step back, with the exception of some of the big contests, and 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 there's so much more uh, to focus on. F- so many other sports. I've become a. I, I was wearing my orange hoodie the other day. I've become. I was a big WNBA fan. I've become a huge WNBA fan now, and other sports that uh, I I only paid cursory attention to. I'm starting to watch them more, so maybe the you know the priorities are are shifting a bit there. By the way, seeing as we're kind of you know hopscotching all over the place for for a couple of moments right here, what the hell's happening in baseball? Like, is this a good or a bad thing that we've heard next to nothing? I I, I, I nothing, don't know. Nothing will happen until they get close to the deadline. You know how it is, Eric. You 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 were one of those guys. When's the essay due? Tuesday, okay. <laughs> Sunday afternoon, I guess. That's I, very true. It's very Sunday true. afternoon. Let me go to the library and get some books. Something yeah, that our no, kids it's... will never know because because uh, somebody had a picture on uh, social media the other day of a set of Encyclopedia Britannicas, and it said back in my day this was Google, and it's true. I remember my dad getting those at the grocery store. You'd, you'd buy your groceries, and there was a different volume on sale every week. And eventually, over the course of you know. Uh, 20 weeks, three, four months, we had a set of encyclopedias. <laughs> and so, so, yeah, it, not until there's pressure. There's, there's no pressure right now for baseball. Nothing's happening. I expect to hear something in the next couple weeks as we get close to when pitchers and catchers would report and spring training would start. We're about six weeks away from that, right, roughly? So, so give it three weeks. All quiet on the Western Front for, another, I think, another two, three weeks. I will say, though, that it's like you were a fly on the wall from a conversation that happened in the Smith household last week when, when my kid had something that was due. Um, and my wife said, you haven't, you haven't done it yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I know what it's due. I've got it ready. She's like, get it done now so you're ahead of the game. And I just kind of sat there like, hmm. <laughs> I know what I did. A hundred percent. It was always last minute Larry. That's what I was. Probably well, why I'm- I was an average student at best. Well, and, and this average student became a principal and tried to really do the do as I say, not as I do uh, w- with my own kids who are who have been really actually pretty good at it and are good students and get stuff done on time and start projects early. And and, uh, you know, that, and I still can't I still can't get over myself. I'm the one 
you know, the games tonight at seven seven thirty, and we got to be there for pregame at seven. And I'll be the one, and, and you know this. We, you've seen we've been doing it on the road, running down to the business center in the hotel. The bus leaves at quarter to five, and it's it's ten after four. And where are you going? Oh, I'm going to go print my notes. <laughs> like, like, why didn't you print them at one o'clock after after you had your sandwich at lunch? Nah, I was I was. I was I was packing. I was I was going to take a nap. I was I was still working on them. And there you are at 10 after four. And, um, you know, in, in the words of my mother, who who was a an office assistant for years, uh, she had a thing on her desk that's that was a picture of somebody, a woman laughing hilariously saying, you want it when? <laughs> and or bad planning on your part does not make for an emergency on my part, as we're trying to. Mm-hmm convince the uh the people in the business office that the printer's not working or uh you know my 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 jump drive won't fit in in uh, you know yeah so i i feel your son it's okay he's he's a teenager he's allowed well listen you you were a topic discussion even yesterday um i was talking about uncle jonesy and how he used to you know kind of uh not not lie but um mm, how do i say this used to twist numbers or twist um, what's the? There's a word I'm looking for, Jonesy, and 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 it's my job to to have a grasp of the of the English language, and the 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 word is escaping. But you basically would trick. I'm going to use trick, even though it's not fair to use that one. You would trick students into doing math by having them basically talk sports and talk percentages, and tell me, okay, Fred Van Vliet was, hey, you know, uh, ten of twenty from the field last night was fifty percent, and he was two of five from distance, which is forty percent, and his triple double, and adding up the numbers, and oh, boom, you just did math. I was talking to, to my son about that yesterday, about how you know Uncle Jones used to do that in schools and trying to find ways to get through to kids using sports. And I'll often do that. Like I know you and I have told the stories over the years where trying to remember a hotel room number because you know you might check into five different hotels over the course of 10, 11 days. So you use like a guy's oh, jersey yeah. number to Kobe try and Bryant, remember it. Room 824, yeah. Kobe Bryant, Room 824. Yep. Like, yeah, yep. yeah. That, dude. And Eric, that was called authentic learning. Like my word problems were... Last night at the Raptor game, Vince Carter scored 23 points. He made two free throws and six field goals. How many of those field goals were three-pointers? Like, you know, you got to figure it out, right? You know, or something like that. So you'd have to, okay, so if he kind of trial and error, if you made four two-pointers, that's eight. So the other two would be three-pointers, that's 14, and the two free throws. No, not quite. So, you know, just... Authentic learning. I mean, just or or use money, man. Money is always money. Always gets it done. <laughs> money always gets it done. How about uh, how about looking ahead to some bets this weekend? We're gonna have to start doing that soon too. I'm gonna have to start. We, that's what we need to do, actually. That's what we should do, Jonesy. Like everybody's getting in on it right now with SN bets and our man Caveat. We're trying to hook up with Caveat at some point later on this week. We we should have like some Smith and Jones bets where we all. Like if we even if we all threw in a buck and made like a four or five dollar bet, maybe maybe you and I, you know, because we supposedly make a little bit more money, supposedly, supposedly, uh, we throw we throw in a we throw in a dollar fifty and and Boffo and Lance are in for a buck, so now we got a five dollar Smith and Jones bet and we we win as a show, we share our our winnings as a show. I think that's something we should do. I'm gonna get on that. I'm I'm gonna rally the troops for that one. Maybe somebody else that we get in the mix. I think she she can actually maybe double our bet up to ten. We'll put her into the mix as well. Ramona she makes a whole Shelburne. bunch of money. She makes a whole yes. bunch of money. Ramona does, working for <laughs> the worldwide leader. 
Yep. Senior NBA writer, broadcaster. She kind of does everything for ESPN. Ramona Shelburne joining us right now. Ramona, happy new year. Great to talk with you. Well, what am I getting into here? <laughs> well, we're not going to make you we're, we're not going to make you gamble on the NBA because that wouldn't be right. But we're gonna we're gonna put right. down some money on the NFL action this weekend and the playoffs and whatnot. Uh, see if we can, you know, all these people that missed out on like the 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 tie with the combined on the parlay with the Jags yeah. and people had like five thousand, twenty thousand dollars on the line. So we need to get in on this action, Ramona. I understand. You know what? I I I don't gamble on sports anymore because like. You know, when I was like in when I was in my twenties or something like every time I go to Vegas I put down those you know, whatever team was ten to one to win it all in the Super Bowl. And I would I would feel so smart when I got all the way, you know, they won their first playoff game, whatever, and then they lose in the championship game. I'm like, Oh, that's probably why I got such good odds. Like, okay. I'm gonna stop doing that. <laughs> like, I was just, you know, wasting my hundred dollars all the time you know. Give you something to root for, I guess, but uh, Ramona, you're a Stanford girl. You should know this. Like, you should be all over this. Like, that's that's uh, that should be easy pickings for you. You know what? I got I got kids, and you know we got stuff to spend my money on. Like, I, it just feels like if I'm gonna gamble, it's gonna be at a poker table, or it's gonna be at a blackjack table where I have a little more control over things. That's well, that's that's fair. That is absolutely that, that is fair. fair. That is yeah. fair. And, Speaking and, of and control. One day, or that one time when I played crops in Cleveland and won a bunch of money, but maybe it's done. But <laughs> I don't have any control over that. That well, see, now that's a that's a story we want to hear because I want I want I mean you don't have to tell yeah. us, but I want to know how much money because that it's interesting you bring that up, and this is how I can maybe bring us back to the NBA yeah. and get off the gambling. But if you recall. Yeah. Uh, it was a it was a fairly minor story, I guess, in the long run. But but back X number of years ago, Jones, I'm trying to remember the exact year, but I, I believe it was in the year where the Raptors went to the uh, conference finals against uh, 2016. Uh, 2016. Yeah, 2016. And there was like riot in the streets for some because there were Raptor players seen in the casino in Cleveland at 2 a.m. the night before a game and does that mean that they were committed to their craft and were they committed to the game and were they getting proper sleep and should they have been in the casino? I'm like, man the game wasn't until 7 o'clock the next night. There's probably no shoot around that's like, like, let these guys have their life. There's nothing else to do in Cleveland anyways you might as well be in the casino I mean, let me tell you, I was in I, I went each year they were in the final like, they, I would the the Cavs were in the finals five years in a row. And we were uh <laughs> you know, we would be there for a week or so, you know, all told, right? And and there's plenty of good restaurants in Cleveland, I guess. Like and and you know, we'd usually go over to Jason Lloyd's house. He's he's a writer at the Athletic who covered the Cavs at some point. But like, you know, five years in a row you kinda of run out of things to do. I mean, after a while, I mean you've already, you know, done a few of the trips. And one year I went to Pittsburgh to go watch the Stanley Cup Finals that was going on nearby, right? Like, I mean, you know, on the off nights and things that you do, like, I don't know, I went to this. I went to that uh, Dan Gilbert Casino there a couple of times, right? And uh, I don't know, let me get, it's just, it, once you get on one of those runs at the craft table, like, you always feel like I'll, I'll never do better than that. Like, that was amazing. Like, <laughs> me and Mark Kessler, who does a uh, radio for us, we just, we almost couldn't get up. We were like, man. I was, I, I, I'll paint the picture for you, okay? I was six months pregnant at the time. And, uh, with my first, <laughs> with my son. And, uh, I, I mean, I felt ridiculous. I'm six months pregnant in the casino and I'm at the craft table, right? Like, you know, your belly's in a way. I have to turn from the side and roll the dice. <laughs> what do I look like right now? I don't know, but I got on a hot streak and everybody was riding with me. It was really fun. 
there's there's there's, like the los angeles lakers right now ramona there's way too much going on at a crap table for me so and that's where uh, that's where i wanted that's where i wanted to start (laughs) what is going on with that team we like they just uh, they looked great on paper when they made the westbrook trade except you don't win games on paper personally i thought you should have gone for the more low-key fit the pieces together approach with the likes of Kuzma and Caruso and KCP and Montrez Herald and bring in Buddy Heald or like I yeah. I would have been fine with that and they're they're sputtering right now. Anthony Davis is you know he's he's hurt again. Um, Do they have enough runway to get this thing together? They're going to be dangerous in the playoffs. They always are, but uh, will they have their own chemistry down by that time? Um, you know what. If it wasn't LeBron, I would say no, but it's LeBron. <laughs> so I've just seen him do too many things. And, like, we shouldn't be able to put him in this category. When he's 37, like, he should be too old for this. But he's amazing still. So, I, I like, I, I would say yes just because they got LeBron on their team. You've seen it, right? You look yeah. at Toronto. Like, you've seen what he does on those, oh, yeah. those Cavs teams that went to the finals. You're like, what is this team? But he would go for 50 every night. I mean, it was just. The guy's amazing, and, and I, I agree with you that the, the Buddy Heel trade, in retrospect, looks better. Although, one of my favorite followers on Twitter, the, you know, the guy runs Stat Muse, right? Um, mm-hmm. the, if you follow that on Twitter, the, he put up one the other day, and it was putting uh, the stats of Buddy Heald and Malik Monk side by side in terms of three-point shooting percentage, scoring, all that. And, like, Malik Monk compared pretty favorably to Buddy Heald. And I was like, hmm. You know, okay. Like Malik Monk has really been a, a revelation for them, and I think that's kind of that's kind of the point of this beginning part of the season where they don't have a ton of chemistry and they've they've been in and out with injuries and COVID and all that stuff this year. They're just trying to find one or two rotational players that they can count on, and I think Malik Monk's the guy so far. Um, you know, Avery Bradley's played a lot more minutes than a guy who just was was literally added to the roster one day before the season. Um, but, you know, they, they know him, they know he plays good defense, and they can they feel like they can trust him out there. So, I, you know, we don't really know what this Lakers team is because they, they really haven't seen the three guys on the court for very much at all. I mean, you know, first LeBron was hurt, now, now Anthony Davis is hurt. The only guy who's been there every single game is Westbrook. Um, and so I think, you know, like you, you look at the team and go, eh, not much, there's not much there in terms of outside of LeBron, who's been great. Westbrook's been a, a clunky fit, which, you know, I know you said that people were excited about them when they made the trade. I was excited just because I like the science experiment. Right? I always, I'm always interested when you put fits together that really are like, ooh, I don't know how that's going to work. But um, I, it's, it's, it's been hard to watch because it's not good basketball, right? When you watch them, it's, it's isolation ball. It's not ball. It's not the, you know, beautiful ball movement that we come to expect from from championship teams or like the Warriors or, you know, the last few years or the Suns or any of that. But it's it's just sort of fun from a chemistry experiment to watch. Right? And so far, not so great, but I, it's LeBron. Right? I mean, you guys, you've seen it, so I, are you going to count him out? I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I I hear you, Ramon. I'm I'm not I'm not counting him out. I'm not counting the Lakers out. I mean, listen, if the playoffs yeah. were to start today, I don't want to I don't want to see the Lakers as the seventh seed. Right. But um, let me ask you this though: everything you're talking about with the, you know injuries and 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 guys stepping up or the struggles they've had, LeBron doing what mm-hmm. he's doing, LeBron even playing in the middle. 
when things start to settle, whether that's in five games, 10 games, 20 games, as things kind of settle and they hopefully get healthy and, and get things on track, who will be maybe not out of work but out of minutes or out of the rotation and maybe not as involved as perhaps they were earlier in the season is it one guy is it a couple of guys does does frank vogel tighten things up a little bit how do you how do you see this unfolding in the second half of the season i mean the big question for me is is has has the same thing as it's always been which is westbrook i mean there's he's been better at times and a lot of his issues are you know fit issue um he does he's never played off the ball he you know when they when they went out and got him, he you know he told everybody he'd play off the ball, he'd play the right way, et cetera. But we just haven't seen that. Um, and I think if he doesn't play better defense or tighten up the turnovers or tighten up some of those things, like they they got some decisions to make. Not, I don't think they can trade him. There's nowhere he can go really with that contract. But in terms of you know, do you, do you continue to start him? Do you put him in different spots? Do you keep him in that that closing rotation? I mean. I, the one thing you always say about Westbrook, he plays hard all the time, plays every game. Um, but those, those, I mean, yeah, he had one game with nine turnovers, guys. Like that's that's awful, you know. And then he was sort of defiant about it afterwards. And you saw the you saw the Christmas game where everybody spotlighted his defense. I mean, he just got to be better at stuff like that. And that's not fit issue. That's just you know doing doing little things or just tightening up your game. Um, and so I think like, do they? Do they risk alienating him by not playing him extra minutes or not putting him out there in those high leverage situations? I, I don't think they can do it. I don't know. That would that would be a gutsy move, right? It'd have to be an organizational move to do that. But there is an argument to be made for it, um, and that's that. You know, I, I don't think you can do it while Anthony Davis is hurt. But when when AD comes back, we'll let's see. Well, I, and and it it might be the thing to do if you have better pieces that fit on the floor yeah. with LeBron and AD at the end, Ramona, and, and uh, feelings are going to get hurt, but it's about winning. Your loyalty should be to winning. And that's, that's the thing that I, I'm still trying to reconcile, that Russ plays the same way as LeBron. And you know, we had Jared Greenberg on yesterday, said, watch Russ without the ball when he doesn't have the ball. And he's a, he doesn't do much because he's used to having the ball. And yet now you've got two guys that, that I wouldn't say – need the ball, but two guys that are used to having it in their hands. Uh, I, I think LeBron is good without the ball. Like he cuts, he moves, he's, he, he's, he's a little more well-rounded in that sense because he's so used to having the ball. It's okay when somebody else has it. I can do my thing. But I'm not sure about Russ, and, and to your point, in close games, I mean, there were a couple this year, close games, where yeah. they, 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 they couldn't even get a decent shot off because... Russ had the ball in his hands and didn't make great decisions. Yeah, I mean his turnovers kill him sometimes. Like it's just, you know, like even the even the Christmas Day game, like the the missed dunk and all. It's just those are, those are exasperating plays. And and you know it's, it's hard when you watch it. You just imagine being on the team, right? And what do you say? And and it's like, you know, I I, I you know it's it's kind of fun. We have the the, the Lakers station out here. It's, it's a Spectrum cable, and they have a. The, the, the guys who always host the pre and post game with James Worthy, Robert Ory, Derek Fisher, all these Laker greats, right? And you should see them, like, you know, they, they have to, it's like the, you know, it's a team station, so they're not going to say anything too bad, but I mean, they can't, they can't hold it in too much. <laughs> like, I remember trying to ask Worthy about Russell's turnovers, and he's like, <laughs> James just lets it fly. 
I mean, it's, it's really hard when a guy on your team is turning the ball over like that. Um, I mean, he leaves the league in turnovers. And sometimes that's a usage rate thing. But, but you know, in his case, it's, it's just sloppy. And he, he can fix that. Like, that's not a fit issue. Like, you can talk about the, how he plays off the ball and all that. They've kind of done certain things to manage that. Like, there's certain things you can do as a coach to certain actions you can run to where it's not as noticeable, you know, that he's not as, that, you know, the playing off the ball and still keeping him feeling involved. You can stagger his minutes with LeBron. Um, you can have him play out there with a the second unit, like has, has been suggested. I mean, you know, he doesn't have to come off the bench, but you can stagger his minutes with LeBron still. That makes sense, sort of how Houston tried to do that with Chris Paul and James Harden a couple of years ago. But it, it, I really think a lot of things would change if he just cut down on the turnovers, cut down on the silly mistakes, played a little better defense. And, I mean, and all those things are fixable. Like the fit stuff, that might not be fixable. You'd have to, you kind of just have to smoke and mirrors that. Um, and, I, and, and out here, you know, I host radio in LA, so we're always talking about the what ifs, right? So Buddy Heald is another what if. DeMar DeRozan is a big what if because he was, he was theoretically an option for them as well. I'm not so sure DeRozan would be having this kind of a season. I mean, he's having it. He's in the MVP race out there in Chicago, the way he's playing. He's a great player, but how does he play off the ball? Would he play great next to LeBron? Like, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting fit as well. Like, I'm, you know, part of the reason he's so good right now is because he's in a perfect role for him, and he's seizing the moment. I don't want to take anything away from him. But a lot of this stuff is fit. And, and the thing with Westbrook is he's, he's been bad in the first half of years, the last, like, three, four, five years. I was just talking to somebody, you know, front office guy yesterday, and 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 you know, we we're like, what do they do with it? What do they do in general? I mean, they're they're kind of married to this. They don't really have a lot of flexibility. They can they can tweak some of the supporting cast, but they, there's nothing they can do with Westbrook right now. He's he's on the team. There's nowhere he can trade him. Um, and he's been better in the second half of the year. Like he has this bad first part of the year. Sometimes because he's on a new team with new personnel. And Washington, he did that. Houston, he did that. It was it, it's. I think we got to give this some time because he tends to figure it out. Um, and, you know, even last year, remember at the end, he was, he was amazing at the end. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, I, I, like, I, I think it's, that's, I, again, I'll go back to my initial thing. It's a chemistry experiment. It's fun to watch it play out. <laughs> you know, maybe not so fun for the coaching staff and, and the players and the team to live through it. But, you know, at least from an observer standpoint, it's, it's interesting. Speaking with Ramona Shelburne from ESPN. Ramona, a couple of minutes left here. Let me use that as a jumping-off point to, to look around maybe the, the, the rest of the conference, the rest of the league. We're kind of entering silly season with uh, you know trade rumors and this and that, yep. and the NBA trade deadline approaching, et cetera. Whether it's the Lakers, whether it's the Clippers, whether it's any team, insert team here. We still haven't seen a, a deal with Ben Simmons. We haven't seen a deal with Damian Lillard. Do you anticipate, uh, you know, big splashes, minor tweaks? Is there a team you're looking at saying, you know, this is uh, one to keep an eye on in terms of a, a move to be made? How, how do you kind of approach what might be coming over the next few weeks? Well, I mean, the team we've been hearing a lot about recently is the Hawks just because they were, you know, they went to the conference finals last year and they haven't been very good. Um, I still think the Sixers might do something, whether it's with Ben Simmons or Tobias or some of their other pieces. They, they have a really they have a good team. Um, and they they really should they really should be better than what their record is. But the fact that they're even still in this, considering how much time they've missed with COVID and injuries and stuff, is, is saying something. Like if they got a little bit more shooting, um, I think they could even win without trading Ben. Um, and I think the I think Daryl Morey in, in Philadelphia. I mean he's he's been pretty clear. Like he's not trading him for anything less than an All Star. He's I don't think he's at that level of frustration yet where he has to just make a deal just to make a deal. 
So I think, you know, everybody's waiting on the Ben Simmons trade. I wouldn't be shocked if he's still on the team after February 10th. I mean, they, you know, if they'll just wait. Because um, I think a lot of these big deals, they make more sense in the offseason. Um, when there's you know, the James Harden question and Kyrie Irving question in Brooklyn need to be answered, both those guys can be free agents. Um, like Indiana obviously signaled its intentions to make, you know, it's a, it's a willingness to, to shake things up. Dallas is another team, really good team, but do they have enough around Luka? Is this the year that you do something big, or do you just kind of let them play one more year like this and then and then evaluate the market? But I think I think we'll see some moves. It's just everybody's so been so distracted by just fielding a roster every night. It's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to focus on big picture franchise altering trades. Um, but as we get down to it, I you know I wouldn't be surprised to see one or two big moves. I don't know if it'll be a a cascade like like people have seen in past trade deadline day. Hey Ramona, last one for me. I know we're sure. we're up against the clock. Um, I want to know how warm Frank Vogel's chair is uh, in Los Angeles. You're out there. We hear stuff yeah. from afar. Uh, I mean, this wasn't his roster, but he's this is what he's these are the groceries he's been given to make the meal, and it hasn't yeah. been tasting good. Is 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 he? Is there talk of that? I mean, is it, it, it how how warm is his chair? I think there was a time earlier this season when they were they had a couple losing streaks there and they weren't playing well at all. There was a game I, I think they they beat the Celtics in that in that game at home. Do you remember that they when they went on the road and they lost them and they came back and then like a big game against the Celtics. And I think if they would have lost that game, that seat would have got real warm um, and that losing streak would have continued. But then, right as it looked like he was in in danger and in jeopardy, they had this this great win against the Celtics and so probably their most complete win of the year. And I think there's a recognition that a lot of this is not his fault. Like, it's just the roster construction and injuries and, you know, et cetera. And, you know, I think Russ has taken a lot of the blame, at least publicly and privately, um, you know, for how they've done this year. But I don't I don't see them making a change midseason because it doesn't really it doesn't really get them anywhere. You know, no, it's not a, a, a friend to Dave Fisdale who did a good job going in for – Frank when he had COVID and just um, mouths and COVID protocols. I mean, it just seems like every it doesn't it doesn't seem to make sense in the middle of the year like that. I don't think he's lost the team or anything like they're still playing hard, they're still playing well. Now the off season, if they don't win this year, if um, if things don't go well for them in the second half of the year or in the playoffs, then I think it gets real warm because they didn't give him a whole lot of confidence, right? They extended him by a year. I mean, it's not that's not a strong vote of confidence for a guy who just won a championship four year two years ago. Um, but I, don't, I don't see a mid-season move right now. Well, and listen, we all remember that game because we remember James Worthy lighting up the cigar and talking the <laughs> trash. So, so I, I need to see more of that. I need, like, I want the Lakers and Celtics every night if I get to see that. Yeah. Uh, Ramona, we appreciate the time as always. Uh, hope you're well, stay safe and healthy, and we'll uh, yeah. look forward to hopefully seeing you one of these days. Oh man, I miss Toronto, man. I, like, I'm so glad the Raptors are good again because then we maybe we have a chance to go there in the playoffs, but. I don't know. We'll see what the world looks like, right? Yeah, no kidding. Thanks, Ramona. Have a good one. There is Ramona Shelburne, C- senior uh, NBA writer for ESPN, uh, ESPN Radio and TV as well. Multi-platform. She is all over the place. We appreciate her time.